0: Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Trisha Friedman. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. Listeners, first and foremost, thank you so much. Um, You may have heard on our last episode that the podcast you are listening to right now has been listed by Feedspot as one of the top 100 podcasts for LGBTQ plus podcasts. Um, That ranking is in part due to the sharing on social media as well as to the downloads and ratings. So it is um, a really big, big favor, and I appreciate it so much when listeners do rate and review the podcast. Um, It's very, very helpful. So again, if you've done that, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. And of course, thank you for just listening. Before we dig into today's episode, we do have a little bit of news to share mind the gap is a free online conference on lgbtqia research over two days postgraduate researchers and community organizers from around the world present on the work that they do in a variety of disciplines from looking at lgbtqia education to media representation to innovative and creative ways of community building Participation as an audience member is completely free and open to people outside of academia as well. For more information, contact the organizers on at MTG Conference on Twitter and Instagram. See our show notes for more. And when you head over to the show notes, not only will you learn about the upcoming free Mind the Gap event, you will also learn all about ways to connect with today's guest. Enjoy the show.
1: Hi, my name's Nick Ponsford, and I am the co-founder of the Global Equality Collective.
0: Hi, thank you so much for giving up some of your time. I know that you've been really busy, and we're going to talk more about the Global Equality Collective, um, or again, folks might know it as the GEC, in this episode. I'd love to actually start our conversation today talking about the values for the GEC. These are, of course, on the website, so I'm going to quote from that resource where it says, quote, We believe that living to a set of core values is essential. The GEC was built off our own personal values, and these extend to everything we do. Our values are our code to live by. We find they keep us focused, and above all, they remind us what we are working so hard for," end quote. So can you share a little bit more about how you came to decide on which of those values you and your team really wanted at the foundation of the GEC and and perhaps how those values really present in the day-to-day work that you're currently doing?
1: I would love to. So I suppose our origin story is um, a little bit different. Uh, So essentially, those actually were written by my co-founder, Kat Wildman. And Kat had been working. She was actually director of um, digital products when she was at The Telegraph. And I um, have been a teacher. I was a teacher for over 10 years and still working in the education space. Um, I was working for an educational charity. And when we met, um, we met online, uh, we had a Skype and we were talking about diversity and inclusion. And I had had to leave the classroom because I was told I had to be in school five days a week. I had a a son um, who had needs at that point, and I couldn't. So I, because I was a parent, I couldn't professionally do what I wanted to do, which was annoying, (laughs) to say the least. Um, Kat was working full time, was a breadwinner in her family, and she would also she'd also encountered sort of different attitudes and values against that. And when we said. We set out to make diversity and inclusion easy for businesses, homes and schools. We realised we wanted to do that because of our own lived experience and our optimism for the life of our, our children, our friends, our family, and basically to kind of disrupt the, the system, I suppose. And so we realised that what we were trying to do in a professional space was very much based on, on our personal experiences and our personal values and what we felt was important that there should be opportunities for all that that labels uh, aren't always helpful um, and that for me in particular I lead on education that education should be transformative in the right way not in a way that limits people um, young people so that's why we wanted to ensure that these personal values were the foundation for all the work that we were doing.
0: Great. And, um, you know, you mentioned the GEC partners both with businesses and with schools. Might you expand on the similar similarities that are showing up in both of those different types of partnerships that maybe you didn't first anticipate initially?
1: Yeah, it, well, it's almost a flip of that, to be honest with you. So when we first set out, Kat and I discussed the challenges that business leaders like, in corporations were facing and how that was uh, similar to those in education. And what's happened since we started doing this work, and we built it a lot on a kind of roadmap from cradle-free to retirement, I suppose, that, you know, we, we wanted to look at how we could affect positive change and drive real change for you know people as as, as you know they're born with mis- issues around gender identity and boy and pinkifications and all that kind of stuff into um, sexuality and understanding around disability neurodiversity uh social economic status so all those things that you kind of experience in school and then you go into a job and those kind of pathways or into a relationship and all those different parts. And, and we felt a lot of it was very similar. What's really interesting now is looking at how different things are. So the ways that businesses will um, want to have a kind of business case for diversity and inclusion, whereas schools, particularly if you take your kind of, your, your, your public schools, your your state schools as we call them here, um, that actually they, they have to stand by the Equality Act, that they they are driven, particularly when you think of, of, of the schools where you've got students from low um, socioeconomic status, that they have to work and, and understand those kinds of elements, uh, which businesses don't. So we've got, we've got some demographics that both sides really focus on. And then we see in, in some areas where business drives that change. So business seems doing quite well around neurodiversity awareness. Whereas in education, it seems to be a little bit on the back step. Um, we, the work around anti-racism was driven by both after the murder of George Floyd. Corporations and schools have both been asking for support around anti-racism. Um, so it, it does kind of, it kind of changes. But I think from a kind of people engaging with our work, with education, when they use the, the GC app, which we've built our digital platform, they're quite happy to read the data and go through it and get on and do it because they do that all the time anyway. But the businesses need a little bit more handholding and, and a bit nervous. Um, and our model is also kind of against consultants charging loads of money and not changing the dial. And, and, and I think in businesses that is a slightly different model. That that you hand over something and they come in and they go. Whereas what we're trying to say is actually everyone should be empowered. Everyone should be the experts in DNI. Um, so we're kind of changing changing that a little bit. So yeah, there's similarities and difference, and it, you know it changes all the time with, with which whether things are going. It it makes it really interesting for us both, um, but it means we're on very different
0: journeys with how we're
1: looking at DNI in
0: in our different sectors as well. I'm sure that um, you know that conversation as it continues to evolve is is one that brings you a great deal of insight. Um, the listener audience of this show is comprised primarily of educators and you you referenced the app. I'm wondering if you actually might talk to us a little bit further about how schools are leveraging the app um, and what the process is like once a school brings it on board.
1: Oh, I'd love to. So as I said, I was a teacher. Um, I was a secondary school teacher initially and then I won a teaching award as a new teacher um, and then I was asked to do a lot of teacher training which I loved and I did that due to the subject I I, I moved from teaching English into uh, digital media and and film and that was just before the Apple uh products came out uh, and, and changed everything um, so I did a lot of teacher training that and then I did a lot around inclusion um, which now gets called diversity and inclusion um, so I was doing that and one of the jobs I had um, I was a school coach and I worked with early years through to post 16 and special needs schools and help them through a needs analysis, understand where they might have gaps, where they were doing well. And then I would help bring in training. And, and what surprised me was, was the, the kind of blind spots of an organisation, the things that as a school leader, you think, you know, but you don't know, you know, based on your lived experiences and your privileges and, and and but you don't you can't always see in those corners and you don't understand the journeys of other people necessarily. And I kind of had a little a, a kind of, a bit of a, an epiphany with it. And that's what the GEC app is based around. It is based around understanding how to make incremental steps when it comes to diversity and inclusion. So the way that it works is there is a self-assessment for an organisation, low effort, takes about a quarter of an hour. Then there's a staff assessment. So all the work that I've done in schools, and, and, and you will know as educators as well, with all the people you've got, they will have very different experiences being in the same building. So they're based on who your line manager is, based on your teams, based on the students you've got. All of those different things can mean... All your your staff are having completely different experiences, and that isn't even bringing in their own commitments and their demands, and their health, and their financial situation, and where they're living at that point. So, I wanted a means to capture staff voice. So we do that in the app. So um, you do self assessment to say where you are with DNI, really nice and easy. Yes, no, in progress then you send out your staff assessment all staff not just curriculum you know we're asking lunchtime supervisors governors your business leaders your operations teams administration everyone's being asked how they feel um and in that assessment it takes a good half an hour uh we've worked with three leading uk universities in that as well and it gives chance for staff anonymously to let their schools know what the experience is like for them, what they feel their school should be doing, what they're getting right, what needs to be improved, what's been communicated, all those things. When they've done that, um, the leadership team can look at that in terms of your demographics and our global equality demographics go further than the UK Equality Act. We also bring in single parents' rights, social economic status. Um, We bring in things like neurodiversity, menopause, flexible working and also sustainability as well global citizenship so you can look at it through that lens then we've added our recommendations so the global quality collective isn't just an app and online communities we're a collective of over 350 subject matter experts they have qa'd all our work so we know the recommendations we give have gone through several groups in the protected characteristics so we know we're right on the money with it Uh, we know we can make it accessible they've then got an action plan so they can roadmap what they're going to do who's going to do it when they're going to do it where the priorities are they can show that externally share it internally and then just for giggles we've also thrown into the gc app a netflix L training hub for all staff so we have over 200 materials um and all of that at the moment is 250 pound for a state school and 500 for uh international or an independent school because we felt it was unfair that unless you had a massive budget, you could do diversity and inclusion. And so, we wanted to help schools get their DNI together. Um, and we've crowdfunded over three hundred thousand pounds to build this. Um, and educators get the full fat version that those corporations do. Why? Because we deserve it. We deserve good tech. We deserve intelligent thinking. And we need to know what the data tells us about DNI before we do anything. And and so that's what the GEC app does
0: great thank you for for again walking us through that and of course i know uh, the website has a a helpful video as well so folks that want a recap um that might also be a great resource and all of those resources are over there in the show notes but um another resource that the gec offers uh if if folks head over to your calendar of events you offer amas Uh, these are ask me anything sessions for educators who are interested in partnering with you Might you share just maybe one or or two questions that you think are or have been very important for educators to bring to the GEC?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the Ask Me Anything sessions are, I uh, I do a weekly sort of drop-in where people um, who are using the app or who are interested in can come along and ask questions, not just for me, but for for other people. And though we aimed this initially at at UK um, schools, uh, we got the crowdfund and we built the app and then this version went out in November and we've got over 200 schools and colleges that came on straight away, which is incredible. So we often in the Ask Me things, so we'll get like, um, you know, a school in Ghana, someone in New York, um, then we'll get, you know, someone, you know, in the southern part of England kind of coming on a call. So it is really interesting. Um, and I think really the, the questions that we get asked about are, uh, you know, I'm really interested in DNI, um, but I'm not sure everyone else, you know, what what is the business case for it? Um, so that's always a kind of interesting one. Um, and I think for those, those sort of questions, I think there is a risk mitigation piece we've got in education now that it isn't just let's put a rainbow flag on it and we're talking about D&I and pat ourselves on the back. Actually, if we are not aware of the legislation around this and have policies and a practice that keep our staff and students safe, it will be, get pointed out to us in completely a, a wrong way and a catastrophic way. So there is a risk mitigation piece around understanding what your staff um, experience in your organizations. Another thing that we often get asked is about, do you do things for students? What do you do for students? Um, we are in the process at the moment of looking at um, uh, raising funds for our student app. Um, I've just worked with Goldsmiths University and we've got 35 of our GC schools. Um, their children's parliaments are helping us co-design it, which is really exciting. So we've got that coming. Um, um, and we often get asked about what we've got for parents, and on our website, our Raising Rebels community are for parents. Um, it's great resources that teachers can use, particularly ones we've got around consent. We've got the largest UK uh, collection of DNI books on the website. That's all for free. So all our stuff for parents are free. Um, so we can help in those ways as well. Um, but I think really every single school has a different kind of crisis, either happen or about to happen when it comes to DI. They don't always realise what they're doing well. There's amazing practice out there, very hard to find. So we're sharing that with our GEC members now. Um, we're very hard on ourselves in education. We're very good at praising the kids, we're not so good at praising ourselves. and. Um, this is a really lovely way that you can kind of celebrate your own work and 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 see what everyone else is doing so um yeah I I I, yeah it's 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 really exciting when we get to speak to our our memberships and and internationally you know the the trends are very different of what the focus is on as well but it's always great to bring people together and and, and find uh, you know actionable solutions with them.
0: Absolutely. So listeners, again, um, I will make sure that the link is over there in the show notes so that you can perhaps attend one of those Ask Me Anything sessions to bring questions that I'm sure you now have to the team of the GEC. Thank you so much for giving up your time today coming on the podcast. Um, Again, I know that you've got a a busy calendar ahead, so we wish you luck with that and also hope that you get some, some nice rest this summer too.
1: Thank you very much. And I'd love to speak to you again. And thank you for listening and the invitation. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Again, thank you so much for listening to this episode. In closing, I also want to let you know, those of you who are following the work that I do with Shifting Schools, you may have noticed that we have a brand new self-paced course on media literacy. It is on sale this summer, it is 25 US dollars. And with every purchase that is made, we donate $10 to the amazing nonprofit organization, Pride and Less Prejudice you can learn about that course in the show notes And I wanna remind you that if you are not following Pride and Less Prejudice online, they do have some big announcements coming up soon. You can learn about their book launch, and you will also be able to learn about their Band Together event that's coming this September. To stay up to date with all their announcements, following them on Twitter is a good idea, or subscribing to their free newsletter, you will be able to find links to do just that in the show notes. Until the next episode, be well, keep safe.